0: <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> and Hi. parents, hello. Welcome back to Parenting on Purpose. Um, I have tea tonight, but this might have been a wine scenario because we are going to have a lot of fun. I'm very excited. We have Miss Melanie Bonk with us tonight, and she picked a very fitting perfection, profession for her last name. So she is a sex, love, and relationship coach. Miss Melanie, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I'm here to help you bonk better. Ow, ow.
0: So we have to ask the question you probably get so many times, is Bonk the maiden name that you kept because it's too perfect, or is it the married name because Divine Intervention is amazing?
1: Yes. You know, it is, I was destined for this work on the day I was born. I was born on Valentine's Day, um, and then I found my husband and I took his name of Bonk, so it just all came together.
0: Oh my God, that's incredible. How cool is that? Okay, that's so fun. So I love it. And so you also are um, a somatic healer and tantrika. tantrica. So you have yeah, quite, yeah. this is going to be spicy and fun. Mm-hmm. And I should have had like a male back. I'm very excited. Um, <laughs> so I always start these podcasts by asking the same question. And then mm-hmm. so we're going to start high and noble and then we're going to get into it pretty quick because this is so unique and I can't wait to kind of take a holistic approach to what you do. But yeah. to start us off, what's one thing that you do in your life can be um, sensuality wise or otherwise that helps you show up on purpose? Mm. I
1: meet myself with love at the very beginning of every day and that really changes the entire trajectory of my day and I tell you the days where I don't do that I'm miserable and there's no joy and if you can tell the difference so I meet myself with love and that can just be like putting my hand on my heart letting myself feel my heartbeat that could be giving myself some sensual touch in the morning and it doesn't need to be right away to orgasm town. It's just sensual, pleasurable touch that I enjoy and it changes day to day to day. So I'm just meeting myself, giving myself the permission to express what I want with myself and then giving myself that love and that like creates this whole different high vibration energy in my system that I meet my kids with, I meet my husband with, I meet my clients with and that's just this magic. magic
0: love. Yes. It's love. It's self-love. I love this. Mm -hmm. How long have you been doing this self-practice?
1: I've been doing this for almost two years now. So it's been pretty consistent. Um, and it's just, it can be 15 seconds, but that connection with yourself and that quality of connection. So it's not, it's not cheesy. It's not superficial. It's really Mm -hmm. connecting deeply to your own being.
0: And what like thoughts accompany that, um, touch? Is it more of a Mm -hmm. like, just a holistic centering, is, or is there a little bit of like a um, like a, a badassery to it? Like, we're going to crush this day, girl. You got this. You're beautiful. Like, I'd love to hear some of what that looks feels oh, yeah. like. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, I, yeah. I get a little, I definitely am badassery. I give myself empowerment affirmations over and over again. <laughs> I will grab onto like the parts of myself that I love the least and I will give them the most love. So I'll grab onto my stomach, I'll touch my st- stretch marks the saggy boobies that I've fed poor kids, like, I will be like, Oh my God, I love you so much. I'm, I love your sagginess. I love those stretch marks. And I will give myself that extra love where I know I need it. most.
0: that's amazing. Okay. Like we have so much to talk about, but this is a part one okay. it. We'll spend a second here. So when there is a part of you that you love the least now that mm-hmm. you've done this work, like, what does that usually mean in terms of like stuck energy or just like old patterns and thought? And then Several questions here. How do you go about helping to neutralize those feelings, and then do they work for you in terms of like you know helping you feel other things about yourself?
1: Yeah, I can. For myself, I can use my nipples were a really good example. I was very desensitized from having my babies. From I had twins, so we had a two for one deal, and I they were they were like impossible to nurse. So I pumped exclusively for like months and months and months, and I swear that took like the sensation and the joy out of my nipple town area. And bringing back loving touch, loving presence instead of the judgment, instead of the criticism, even instead of like, I would beg on them because like I couldn't nurse twins and how unfair Mm -hmm. to these girls Mm -hmm. is that. Mm -hmm. So it's just this, like I said, the quality of it. And so it it doesn't happen overnight. It's like going to the love gym. You have to do reps, you're gonna fail. A couple times and then you just get back up on the horse and
0: you hit it again i love this this is so mm-hmm. good this is so good yeah seen, we have people on that talk about dry brushing routines or like different things that they do in their life to just bring joy and peace mm-hmm. and just mindfulness to things about them they don't love um half of our audience is actually guys so and uh it's really yeah. fun to hear talk about this as well in terms of like the way that they do it it's very different than how ladies do it but it's just cool to watch right mm-hmm. um okay girl so let's just like have some fun here i am I didn't even know this was a thing that people like, you know, you hear like couples counseling, um, you know, they hear like devotionals in the morning for couples, uh, a sex coaching for couples is not something I knew happened. And that is, makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. So, um, is this like, tell me how you got into this work and tell us about like how you've seen it change your life, your client's life. Like give us Mm -hmm. a skinny on it. I'm so excited to hear.
1: All right. I'm, so ready to get into it. Well, I started, um, I actually just started following a woman named Layla Martin. And if you don't know who she is, like, go find her immediately. She's fantastic. She has so many free offerings out there. And so that's how I found her. I started getting into sacred sexuality through her um, and through her free offerings. And then I saw that she actually had a um, certification. And I, I, I'm the one that my friends come to me, family members come to me for all the sex, love, and relationship advice already. So I'm like, wow, I can get paid for doing this? Well, that's new. Um, And then I just went ahead and applied with the support of my family. And uh, it was a pretty big process. It took um, over two years to actually get the certification. Uh, And it's a really in-depth, like full body, full mind, full spirit, whole initiation into your sacred sexuality and into who you are.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh wow! What it,
1: yeah. I eventually that self
0: journey taught you so much about yourself it's, and the people you're fit to serve, right?
1: Yes, and the beautiful. I really love one of the things she does about the program is you have to. Me personally, I had to basically go through everything that I would ever imagine taking a client through. So wow. the whole first six months was all my own personal growth and transformation. And holy man, was that a trip? That was. I came out a completely different person than I was before. I understand how to use my voice. I understand where my blockages were. I got in touch with my energy body for the first time. I had a kundalini awakening. Yes! Um, Yes. Yay! Uh, And so that whole process was just, it changes changes your mindset. It changes your boundary setting. I could say no so much easier to things because I'm whole in my body and I'm listening to my yeses and my noes so much
0: more. That's so cool. We recently did this thing um, called a uh, CAP, Kundalini Awakening Process. I'm mm. Sure heard it. mm So, I don't know what your Kundalini experience was like. Um, I know they can be very different, and I also know, like, depending on the theologies that you follow, that, so, for those of you who are not aware of Kundalini, it's basically, I'll, I'll let Melanie, she'll do a much better job. Melanie, Kundalini 101, please.
1: <laughs> Welcome. And kundalini energy, um, as well as eros, it just depends on the word and the um, the lineage that you're going with. They can all mean the same things, but kundalini in specific is this energy that snakes up the back of your spine from your root chakra, from the very core of your pelvic floor. And as you squeeze up and you imagine these snakes wrapping around your spine and they go through each chakra, and they come out the top and oh my goodness, that's when you really get this juicy manifestation power and you can create the life of your freaking dreams and you are your whole body then is in line with that life. That's what I love. I love the science behind it because when you really break it down with the science, you're getting your nervous system, you're getting every single part of your being in line to your goal, to what it is that you want to manifest. And then you just automatically find yourself saying yes to things like this podcast where I'm like, yes.
0: Oh, I love it. And you can feel, you're feeling more than you are thinking. It's like Mm -hmm. you're using your whole body to really think through your, just just the intelligence that runs through your cells, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And then I feel like your intuition is so strong. It literally like pulls your body towards what it is that you want.
0: And I think it always does. We're just so desensitized to Mm -hmm. that. Um, which is hilarious. Speaking of desensitized, I have like incense going, just full disclosure. And they're like, somehow the the wind has shifted direction during, like there's no wind in my house, but it it was like fully now here. It just cracks me up because you're like, and then it attracts to you. And as you're saying that, like all the smoke is now moving. It's so funny. So good. Um, For those of you who can't see that I'm totally hotboxing in here. Um, (laughs) so I've heard of the analogy of like the tuning fork, um, to where like, you know, we just throw all the gunk and the junk that is in our life and just the noise and the, everything, right? That kind of just starts to calcify uh, the intelligence that is our brain, our stomach, and all of the air, energy centers of our body, taking a tuning fork and just reprogramming us to homeostasis. Um, so through just normal meditation or kind of just chakra clearings, that happens. And then as the Kundalini arises, and which can happen both quickly and or nice and gradually, um, depending on what you like follow and stuff, uh, obviously, Melanie is well aware of all this stuff, but it just allows you to perceive things in a much more holistic, open way, and it's very, very cool to watch. Um, that all being said, that is my experience of Kundalini before I went to this cap experience, and it was crazy. Um, I've never publicly shared this, but I don't, yeah, this is like this is happening. Um, I would definitely recommend it if people are into like meditation and these things. So basically you're laying in a circle it's like um, almost in a yoga studio it's in a yoga studio and your crown chakras or your heads are all laying together um and your feet are all away uh, and basically the practitioner who's certified is in the center and she's helping you raise your kundalini in a um through music and through drum activation and sound so it's it's mainly sound activated and oh is it so powerful um it's incredible but the funny thing the, the reason i brought it up as a joke is like I didn't watch the, there's a video you're supposed to watch before you go in. I, I didn't watch it because I'm like, oh, I've done this before. Like, I've, I, you know, I've done these kind of things. We're good. Um, no, I haven't. And the lady, the two ladies that were like there, like one straight up, she, she went through the same thing. The lights went out, the music came on and she started like, first of all, it looks like she looks like Geppetto. Like she's over there, like, you know, moving stuff around, pulling things out and moving them to the side. Yeah. It was like Tom Cruise in um, what's that movie or Geppetto or whatever you're into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Minority Report. And and one of them looks like she's having an exorcism. Like mm-hmm. she looks like she's not going through something pleasant. Like something like I could see as I'm watching this, I'm smiling, which is so messed up because like why would? And I'm all I'm thinking of like some dude in Alabama being like, this girl got the devil in her. <laughs> like, like I can just like the inner like witchery thing was so. <laughs> and then this other lady, same exact thing happening to both them. Mm-hmm. Looks like she's having a public orgasm. Mm-hmm. Publicly, in the most pleasure she yes, probably good.
1: was. She probably yeah. was. Yes. Right. If that, if I was her, that'd be me. And I would be having a full body orgasm without even touching my body.
0: It's like f- fully. Yeah. You're, you're, you're spot on. So you know, on one level you have like exorcism and then there's like the Harry met Sally thing over here. Like I'll have what mm-hmm. she's having. Like, it was just so funny to watch the the difference of experience between these two people. So mm-hmm. um, I figure if we're gonna jump in and have fun, we'll just go with the most uncomfortable
1: stuff first. I have a, que- I have a question. Was it all um, a female-orientated
0: um, ex- experience? This one was, but she does do couple ones. This, this time was not, it was more of a sisterhood, um, mm-hmm. but they've done, they have done couple ones
1: beautiful Go. so see see that example of you are surrounded with other women and letting them letting their full wildness out right they're letting mm-hmm. that they're taking away all of society's norms all of the no's all of the you should be doing that and letting their full bodies and guttural sounds come out and then mm-hmm. activating everything and liberating through movement women need to see other women do that so that yeah. is just amazing that that you were in that space and that you can have that women used to be learning from other women how to actually experience pleasure. And by today's standards it's porn and that is not that's acting, that's not that's not what I'm speaking about at all. So you don't want to be copying things that you see on the internet. Wow. But authentic expression of deep human wow. expression is you have to almost see it before you can believe that you can do it yourself.
0: You are so spot on like my heart and my like I like the constriction kind of release as you said that like Mm -hmm. it very much felt like an energetic release not a sexual release although I'm sure that's a a part of that but it's like uh, it was like the most when you were done you felt so clean of just bat bogged down energy and I've done so many meditations I never experienced anything like that before in my life. Mm. Yes. Woo yeah, yeah it was time. like one of those yeah it was good um but I, I okay so I say all this just to really kind of bring some perspective to like it says we like are so I feel like our our society is so like sex afraid but so sex exposed and we're missing the core of sacred Sexuality, So I think that's a really good place to kind of play and start. Um, okay. What, what is that? Why is it different than what you thought it was? And any context of that in like marriage would be incredibly beneficial because although we talk about being parents on this podcast, um, you know, we're a unit and we got to be a unit together as a family and it's all energy, right? Some, some not appropriate for children. Um, and that's okay. <laughs> so yeah, over to you.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, For me, sacred sexuality, I didn't even know kind of what that was until like I heard, like I said, I heard Layla say those words and I'm sure I, cause I wanted more. I knew that there had to be more. I was, I was always a sexually thriving and kind of aggressive female more so than other friends of mine. Um, Uh, so getting into that sacred, getting into that space where it became so much more than just putting the P in the V, right? It, it's, it became this experience that my husband and I could go through where we could actually get to know each other so much deeper, so much, like there are times where I'm like, I think we were in a different spiritual plane together and having this amazing experience way above our bodies on this physical planet. And so that, to me, that's that spiritual connection that if you are in partnership, if you have love, if you're there and you're kind of having mediocre sex, I want to tell you, like, this is available for you. And it's available for you as a solo. It's available for you if you're in partnership. Um, but it's taking that, taking it to, um, like I said, the next level, like out into the cosmos.
0: Yes. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, I think this is an appropriate time to ask, are you taking clients?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I am. I am taking fall clients. Um, this summer I was booked. Yay. What a good thing to say. Celebrating that.
0: Yes, Um, But I am
1: taking fall clients. I do see, um, couples and I see individuals. Um, so this is the, uh, empowerment that I like to, that I like to coach. I'm a, a sexual empowerment and primal love coach. I feel like once we have, the ability and have the information then you can give yourself so much power as you give yourself pleasure and then primal love after you strip away the conditioning you strip away the narrative the stories the everything that keeps our love and our pleasure small you're going to like fall in love with your primal badassery and then Uh. you get to just like see what your primal body can do and The level of joy and bliss and abundance that comes with that, it just rains.
0: Oh, yes. I love this. This is so good because as, like, a woman, and obviously there are men who listen to this, and I'm sure they have a similar kind of theology around this. But, like, you grow up, and you're kind of... You do experience moments of this growing up where you just feel so badass and you feel so in your own power. And sexuality is one way to explore that, but it's really the sex part is a smaller part of the creation of the feeling, your fullness, right? And and you know when there's certain parts of your life where that's a very big part of it. Um, but it, it's like well, a way for you to start exploring it, and then you start to get these gender roles and you start to get like all these overarching societal things that kind of put it in a box. And like, there's so much not enoughness around education with how sex is should be used and could be used in terms of like your own relationship, relationship with your family. Um, I'm really into ancient Egypt. I always have been very drawn to ancient Egypt. Yes, girl. So like the whole onking concept and like just the way that they used the energetic connection to the cosmos of you know orgasmic circumstances. Um, to help like rejuvenate their cells. Like it's fascinating. Like, like anything you want to like, just little nuggets you want to drop, the mic is yours.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, one of the, the um, I'm going to have to pause. Cause where are we going with that? I got so sidetracked with ancient Egypt. I was like, tell me more. I like
0: leaned in. <laughs> I think we're just talking about in general, like, um, like opening up people to what, it could be like you, like, uh, mm. sacred sexuality, because we're so limited in our concept of what sex is. Like as you mentioned, there's yeah. what people see porn, um, which is like not a great place to get sex education from. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all they know. They don't know about yeah. any of the. Other.
1: And even even your own body. If you think about like, I'm gonna say, give yourself pleasure. And what does your mind immediately go to? Probably your sex organs, right? Mm. If you're gonna. If you're going to like think about it in a masturbation way or in a, like a really sexual way, I'm going to I'm going to go for me. I'm going to go right to my clit. <laughs> That's where I would go. And when you really come back out of kind of like the society norm of what sex is, your mm-hmm. entire body becomes an orgasmic canvas. Mm-hmm. So pleasure can pleasure. One of the first things I'm going to teach my clients is to start expanding their sensations and just the awareness outside of the pelvic area and down the legs, up the stomach, bringing it and expanding it because it's so much bigger than what you actually think and what you have been taught.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. Um, This is so interesting to me and it makes sense how it's so synonymous with like meditation because like... I'm even trying to think of like the scientific term, but I'm all about how like the spirituality and the science meets together I think it's like the most fascinating thing because it like meets both halves of our brain or like the dual, dualistic society We live in it kind of hits both angles But there's something uh, I'm forgot the scientific name for it But like, you know, maybe it's reticular activation system But when you're focusing on something how you can perceive more of it or maybe it's more like the double split uh, Slit experiment where when you focus on something you're kind of altering the reality of it and it's amazing because even though when we think of sexuality, we think of very specific areas on our body. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about a loving uh, uh, interaction with your partner, even if it's just sensual touch, it could be like on your cheek or your back or your arm. Like you're like not an area that has any organ associated with other than your skin. Um, <laughs> it just it's so pleasurable because you are giving it your attention. So it's so beautiful to bring this mindfulness into what we do, and I think that's yeah. huge. So big. Yeah,
1: and and really the the idea and the lesson here is to carry that through. So it's not just about sex. It's not just insects. It's every moment of your day. So even that like embrace with your kiddo and you like, you know, stroke their back. That's if you're doing that with just the presence in your hand and you're through my hand as I stroke your sweet baby back, I'm sending you love. I'm sending you compassion. I'm holding you though. You feel that you feel that in a touch
0: oh so much yes mm. and like even when you're holding food or like you know you're, you're holding an apple after a hike before you're eating it and you're just sending an energy and thanks and love for sustaining your body and it's like we don't we can cons- swear consumption based society but we don't need to consume as much as we think we do we have the food in our like our energy field already we just have to in- embed it into what we're doing with intention um so much easier said than done but with a little practice uh it goes a long way right yeah. adds so much value mm-hmm.
1: yeah and a really a beautiful practice that you can start doing today um that is kind of like a baby step into tantra is celebration so celebrating things celebrating even um celebrating we celebrate every day in the evening we celebrate something from the day so we go around the table and we say i celebrate that i was on a podcast today and i got to meet some fabulous people and then the kids get their opportunity to celebrate and changing the narrative to celebration as opposed to like, this is what happened to me today. Blah, blah, blah. How was your day? And so celebration, that really creates, again, that whole nervous system change in vibration. So celebrating, celebrating your sex life, celebrating a hug, celebrating a kiss, celebrating orgasm. I mean, adding celebration into everything is – I celebrate a good shit. Like, it is – that's a good day.
0: You have that You have that shirt like I pooped today. <laughs> That's yeah. a good one. I love it. It's true. Your body's working. And it's like mm-hmm. we forget how blessed we are that we have a functioning body and are able to yeah. do the things we need to do. And um, that just amazing. lets you
1: know every time that you're alive. Yes. And if you're alive, dang, that is a good day.
0: Amen. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Focusing and celebrating what's important. I love that and getting out of the monotony. Um, that's a definitely, it's a practice we do as well. And it's so cool because our three-year-old now, if we don't say something, he'll say, um, okay, everybody tell me what you loved about your day in his own oh. words, right? Because it's, it's, it's habitual for him and kids create structures. So for him, it's like, this is our time to do this. I, they look forward to it. you know. They might yeah. not tell you they do, but if you leave it out or omit it, they're gonna make sure they add it, which is so cool. Okay, yeah. cool. Can you give an overarching, um a definition I guess or just explanation of Tantra and then what are like what do you think are some of the misconceptions people come to the table with when they like are introduced to this world for the first time?
1: Yeah so tantra is really finding spirituality and divinity in everything. So I could be washing the dishes and it could be a spiritual divine act. And I am sitting there washing each plate and fully present in my sensations, fully present in my body. I'm not lost in story. I'm not lost in thought. I'm not lost in judgments. And it is a divine spiritual experience of just washing a dish. So that's kind of like taking a big, huge, overarching concept and putting it to something really simple like doing dishes. But that's the idea of it. So if there's spirituality in everything, then there's spirituality in your sex. There's spirituality in your pleasure, and that is divine. So that means the goddess, the goddess, the god energy is flowing through us. It's in us. We are it. It is embodied in our in our being.
0: Do you find that men and women experience this differently?
1: Um, hmm, that's a good question. I think it doesn't matter gender. I think it matters how many blockages you have in the way Mm -hmm. so how strong is your ego because that's what really has to kind of take the back seat for you to be able to open up and walk into this space so i think it's more of a ego not as a bad thing but as a where are you at on a scale of a level and then what are your intentions are your intentions to grow and expand because that doesn't matter if you're a female or male
0: 100 percent. what kind of came to my heart as i asked that is like um, I've seen, and this is just you know, <laughs> the circles I've run in. Um, I've just <laughs> seen through like um, women around the fire dancing, and or um, that cap experience. Um, my husband is actually Samoan, so like Polynesian, so they do a lot of like um, I guess like back in the day, right? Like you know, removed a few generations, they still do it, like all the dances and stuff, like tribal dances, the haka's, and all the different things. But like. I see men and women expressing that energy, life force, that kundalini life energy in a very different way. Um, and you know, gender roles aside, it can come off as like this more sensual. Like I just, the serpent is actually very indicative of like how I see it move through like women's bodies. And with guys, it's a lot more like war, like like you know, kind of like uh, fervid, like masculinity, and it's fun to watch like when you're watching a, a rugby match and they're all doing the haka beforehand like yes this is not a sexual act but it's very much the same thing in terms of like the energetic release so i just thought it was so cool like in unison or partnership to watch or see how those things play off each other that has to be fascinating
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and i would have to say i want to add to what you're saying because i do see in partnership especially with hetero partners the female usually is the leader. She's the visionary. She's the one who's going to go out there and be like, "Hey, you know what? I think there's something a little bit better around that corner. Let's go explore it." And the guys tend to take a little bit longer to catch on, and they start—they need to kind of be proven. Like, "Oh, I see you doing that. I see what's happening with you. I see a change, and I'm curious, but I'm not quite going to dive in just yet." At least that's how my husband is.
0: <laughs> no, this is so spot on.
1: hmm Yeah. This so,
0: Please, yeah, go. I'll ask in a minute.
1: And then it's important or that becomes empowerment then for us females. Because then we can really own that leadership role and we can be like, okay, this is my role. I am gonna take this on and I'm gonna own it and I'm gonna take us to places that we've never even known existed before.
0: I love this, yeah. Okay, so let's play with this for a second because mm-hmm. and this is so interesting and there's so many places I can go with this. Um in society today, there's like this coming to your divine masculine, your divine feminine, we, both have, we all have both inside of us, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I see in partnership the, and this is not just in my marriage, but it absolutely is the case in my marriage, where you have a strong female, and I, am, I have to work to allow my husband to be the leader that he is. I, am, I have to be very cognizant to allow him to step into his masculinity. And there's so many benefits to him expressing that masculinity and creating that safe space for us to flourish as a family. However, what I think causes people to trip up here is as a doing that, if you don't do it with the right intention, I think it can feel suffocating to that feminine energy that wants to flourish and explore and like just kind of free flow. And I've seen people talk about this in the context of um, sensuality. So I would love some of your like opinion or I guess just some of your thoughts around um, how does that exist? Wait, the scenario you just talked about with the woman exploring and helping, um, the visionary into new heights while still in that context of a woman trying to allow her husband to become that, you know, that masculine, or maybe that's just something that we think about in modern day society, but maybe real feminine and real masculine don't even serve that way, truthfully, like in totality. Yeah. I think that
1: if you hit the point right on the mark right away when you said that there's this divine feminine and masculine in each of us and yes there is and when we're in balance that's when it's really flowing and you're feeling that vibrant juiciness Mm -hmm. um so when the female is out there and she's embracing her divinity she's creating this new vibration in her body and you're right there needs to be a little bit of grace because I, for sure, I am like an overpowering, I'm just going to come at your face and like, hey, let's go do this, let's do do right now, right now, let's go, let's go. And I've learned that the nervous system cannot respond, even though my nervous system is like, woohoo, I'm ready, I'm already there, like I've already signed us up, we are going to the 9 o'clock session, His nervous system is like 16 miles back. So it's understanding and having that ebb and flow, and there are other relationships where it is opposite, where the male is the is the visionary and the, and the female is a little bit lacking. So it's understanding and hearing each other's nervous systems and each other's little intricacies inside and then Mm. keeping the communication open. Because if you're not going to talk about it, then, then you're never going to get anywhere.
0: I love it. Every couple is unique and it's Mm -hmm. not trying to fit into a box, but to just be happy and okay. And just understand where you guys are. Like, if you're more equals and sometimes you guys both kind of free flow. I that's how I view us. Like we kind of both can free flow into each world, um, which is so cool and fun. Um, that's awesome. What a cool answer. What a cool answer. So I'd love to ask a little bit about what you're typically seeing when couples come to you. And, um, like, I guess what's kind of plaguing them or some of their pain points. And then like through the work with you, how have you watched them transition in terms of individuals, their marriage? I know you kind of work with both couples and individual people. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so when couples come with me, um, everything, whether it's couples or individuals, my work is always based on your desires. So you're gonna walk through the door and you're gonna say, most likely people say, I don't want this, I don't want that, this isn't working and I am sure as shit over that. And then I say, what do you want? Mm. crickets, like nothing. And that's a, that's a real big struggle. So I find that that's the first thing we need to tackle is figuring out what it is that you do want, because again, society has us going in all the negatives, all the ickies first. So then that's all you can see. That's all. I, I'm not getting my needs met. I'm not doing this. I'm not having pleasure. And then coming in and turning that upside down with love and compassion so meeting, the, meeting all those I'm not gettings with love because, hey, it's telling me that I'm not happy. It's telling me that I want more. I'm going to meet that with compassion then. And I'm not going to get so angry at the fact that I'm not getting these things. Like they, those, those bullets, those one, two, three, fours, they can just start overtaking. So, so for seeing them with love and compassion and then creating a new list, the list of things that you do want. And that's, that's really the first key, and that's the first step. And then from there, we move on, and everything is based on your desires. So if you're – I have a woman that I'm working with right now who – she's never experienced a vaginal orgasm. So she wants to be able to experience and feel that in her body. So we're moving through her entire system. We're releasing trauma. We're letting those trauma cycles that have been stored in her body as an imprint – finally unwind and it's going to take more than one time but the first it's like the first coil of it unwinding is
0: so powerful so many things here that are beautiful like it's a practice anything's a practice and and to take the like act out of the fact like just just sexual component it's all comes back to intention and energy and what you want Mm -hmm. out of it um, I joke uh, with my husband that we fight better because when we were a younger couple and we just met, um, we Im- immediately started raising his niece together. So it was like, you know, in the throes of passion to instant family with a little girl, five year old, like, ama- it was amazing. But there obviously are, are things in there you have to work through and some challenges. And <clears throat> what you said with the scenario of like, I, 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 I feel like this, I don't this, and we had to learn through time together that. Like, if you're feeling that way, it's probably a pretty good chance that so is your spouse. And, um, and if that's the case, what, what do your children probably feel if, they're, mm-hmm. if that's the environment that they're in? And just learning in time to realize that we're on one team here and we're one unit with two different branches that get to be an extension of our missions and values and to, to communicate, right? Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's actually a really beautiful coming together. So what, what used to be like a confrontation is now like a, how do we help you? How do we help each other? to figure this out, which is so gratifying can, uh, you know, compared to what it used to be <laughs> a screaming patch or
1: whatever. Oh, we had, we had years of that years and years and years. Um, you know, there's a, the only relationship that you have in life that triggers your inner child wounds are your romantic partnerships. So the only time that these wounds that you have had your whole entire life will come up for the very first time sometimes are in romantic partnership. So having having that, when you're doing that and you're in your 20s, oh, adding in a kid to that, so much stress, so much, so much you need tools. There's nobody, to, there's no class in high school that's like, here's how to have a thriving partnership.
0: Yeah. Right? That's, that's right in there with like how not to be broke and financially miserable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the next level. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man, that's so good. Um, I love that. Okay, so how have you seen like your own marriage trans um, transform, or some of the partnerships with couples in your work, or even people's partnerships with themselves, when they're yeah. able to like kind of get to that baseline now and no longer feel like they're treading water? They can be more proactive in their um, wholeness and uh, sens- sensuality and otherwise.
1: Well, I can use. I'm just going to go ahead and use myself and my husband as an example again, because, like I said, we we went through years and years and years of, you know, we've been together for 24 years, so we've been together quite a few quite a few years. Yeah. We've learned so much together, um, but yeah, there's screaming matches, throwing things, yelling, saying saying the most cruel things to the person that I love the most, and now I can't even fathom doing that. But it's just yeah. what, it's what we knew at the time, and so it's yeah. it's so okay. Um, But I don't think it's okay to stay there forever, which is what we didn't do, we evolved. So we evolved to now being able to, we understand each other's triggers. We understand, we've met each other's inner children. So I've met his little boy and he's met my little girl. So now there's times where I'm like, oh, well that's not the primal king who I just had two hours of delicious sex with. No, that's, that's a six year old little lost boy who's scared, who's talking to me right now. And then I have that information in my system, so I don't take it personally. So mm-hmm. then I speak to the little boy. I don't speak to the actual 46-year-old man that's standing in front of me because that's not who's speaking to me. Having, the, having that information, it's like you get a manual about your partner when you go through this kind of coaching together. So you know you can be like, oh, shit, I need to go to page 36. What was that again? <laughs> Wow. So so having those tools, I mean, there's always going to be, you're always going to get in arguments. We got into a little argument the other day and it lasted, I think maybe 12 minutes. And if we argument, argue, argue, and then I just sat there and I was quiet and I looked at him, I go, I'm sorry that my inner child just fought with your inner child. And that was it. There was no, like there was, it was immediately over because we both took a big, deep breath We got back into our bodies and out of the story that we were telling ourselves, and we both realized that we are here in this partnership together. And this is, oh, hi, I love you. You're my lover. Oh, I'm so sorry that just happened.
0: Mm, I love it. Oh, so many good things here that I want to talk about. Um, The whole like coming to it in service, because I think your, you know, your sex life is very indicative of your relationship and the you know, obviously people are busy and their parents and that's not to say you have to have like five hours of passionate sex every single night. But I think, um, and people can be honest about this, right? Cause we've all had yeah. scenes of this in our life where it's like, you are romantically, um, enthralled by this person at one point in your life. So how are you now finding their touch revolting? How is that even possible? And when you start to really dial it back, like a lot of it's like how you're perceiving something, right? So it, it has so much more to do with respect and um, base level interaction and uh feeling seen it's just really really beautiful the work that you do okay so here's a real question yeah very applicable to my life um my husband has come with me on some crazy stuff and he basically will publicly like say as we get here he's like i'm just here to make sure my wife doesn't get raped or like i'm just like which just like i'm just here to protect her I, she pulls me along to this endeavor uh, it's pretty common um yeah. So like in these scenarios when couples, and it could be the guy and the girl, like I, I met plenty of men, um, males in this space where they're more of the open ones, but in, um, in unison, when there are two partners and one partner is maybe more open and like one maybe isn't, like I can see maybe it's a little bit more difficult to have this level of conversations. You and your husband have grown into this where there's a trust and there's a mutual, you know, like the fact that you get to experience different realms together and, and, and do meditations to understand each other's inner child. Like that's not happening on the cul-de-sac, you know, with the, the normal, <laughs> normal couple here in middle America, like that's not a thing. So what, what are some ways like people can start to like have accessible conversations to just start to open a little heart? give me a little heart opener before the ceremony. <laughs> there fun. you go. There
1: you go. Um, I love to create space. So if you don't create space to have those conversations, they just won't happen. So if you don't create And by creating space, I mean really like cleaning up your environment, lighting candles. Like you said, the incense were just blowing in your face, lighting the incense, putting on the music. You're almost turning it into a ritual. And what we like to think we are not, but we are very real ritualistic animals. So ritual is a huge part of our lives. If you think about all the holidays, birthdays, anniversaries, it was all ritual. Even throughout your day, you've got daily rituals. So creating space and ritual within your partnership is key. No, you don't need to have hours and hours and hours and hours of sex. In fact, you can go days and weeks and months without having sex, but having that compassion and that, that intimacy together, that connection, that is the magic stuff, I think, in my opinion.
0: One million percent, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, That's so good. I, and as,
1: somebody... as, as parents, you, if you don't make that space, uh, as I have four kids. If you if I do not make time and space and shut the door and say this is mom and dad time, it's never going to happen. Mm-mm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are some of the common things that when you see when like couples come to you, married couples with kids, right? Because that's probably pertinent or couples with kids, right? Could be married or not or whatever the, the makeup of that is um, when they come to you with understanding life phase common um, common competitors for their time, stressors, financial, all the things, all the human things we deal with. Um, when people are coming to you, what are some of the common things that you see are like preventing them from setting the space and or maybe just in their mind, they're like misprioritizing? It's just common things that you're seeing as like pain points. Um, and then what are one or two tips that you give them to help understand you know, how to do this?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's not even um, a conscious choice, I think, in most people. It's a subconscious choice. The nervous system would rather have you living in hell
0: mm-hmm.
1: than taking that risk and moving your way into heaven. Love so what, what does that mean? It means they'd rather, your nervous system would rather keep you in the uncomfortable, in your story, in your pattern, than breaking free and trying to liberate yourself. And that that is on purpose. The nervous system is doing that to keep you safe. Unfortunately, usually that keeps us small. Yes. So it's just like this cosmic flaw that we need to start really creating consciousness around because it's usually not that somebody really doesn't want to. That nervous system is kicked in and it's keeping them so frightened. They're literally afraid that they're either going to, for women, the fear of still getting killed for pleasure, for being a slut for being, saying the words that I'm saying right now Mm -hmm. in, in, in a different part of the world, I could easily be murdered for that. So having the consciousness of even that trauma still living in our bodies. So that, so the trauma is so alive and so in control that you need to give yourself compassion. So if you're like hearing these words and you're like, I feel like that to me, give yourself compassion and love right now. Because that nervous system is doing an honorable job. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be also keeping us small and our pleasure small.
0: I love so that.
1: So that would be the first thing. The first thing would be just meeting yourself with love and compassion. Because you're, you're in the system. You're in kind of like, I like to say, even like the matrix. Where you're just like running this program. And you don't even realize you're running the program. So when you start to update that software. When you move into empowerment. Wow, what a shift. And then then you have that choice. When you become conscious of the story, conscious of the conditioning, woo. Then you can hear it creep in and you're like, Oh, hey, hold on, now I have a choice. Sometimes I'll let the conditioning win and have those days. Sometimes I'll be like, No, nope, not today, sister.
0: For sure. It it's so true. Um, I'm trying to think. You mentioned something a second ago that was like like almost triggering. And I, I, it's so, it's so impactful, but I, I think that's a really good, a really good place to start. Um, I'm trying to remember. it's fine. I'll let it go. It'll come back. When, it'll come back when it's ready. Um, it's, okay. it's almost like the concept like we're keeping ourselves in purgatory. Um, because yeah. it, it's familiar. Um, it's like the toad, the toad in the pot of water, you know, like it, it's familiar, it's not serving. And here's what it was gonna, here's what I was gonna say. It's like very Abraham Hicks. Like it's uncomfortable, to realize and kind of like this almost disempowering to feel like oh this is not what i want my relationship to look like this is not where i want to be financially this is not all the things for a moment but then you make a choice and then it's like i feel like this for a reason do i feel like this because i'm meant to suffer my whole life and that you know that's your story kicking in or is it hey i'm i'm getting off kilter here My, my gps is telling me you don't feel good here. This is not your true north. You need to correct course now because I don't like it. And if I don't like it more, I'm going to give you not so subtle signs. Um, and then, you know, all the way through dis-ease, right? Our bodies are, are guiding posts to how we feel. So in your marriage with your spouse, if you're not experiencing that pleasure, like my husband, and talk about this all the time because, you know, at least in the context of our communication, he's always telling me, like, with men, you don't need to have, like, all these things to build up to having a pleasurable sexual experience. You just have to have a pleasurable sexual experience. But seemingly, with women, there needs to be, like, the stars of alignment. Like, the the bed needs to be made in the morning, and the kids need to be dropped off by, and there's, like, all these things that go into it. So we, like, half ingest, but half, like, seriously, like, play with these concepts to understand, like, the why behind why we feel this way um but but it's kind of the same thing it's like if something's not going right in that area we have to kind of look at it and say why why is that the case and and he jokes that it's like women but men are just as susceptible to like a catty remark and then i was like that was interesting where'd that come from Or, or what did i do that upset you because that's not how you normally talk to me. And then I'll say, oh, you said this. I'm like, oh, thank you. I didn't realize that I had offended you, cool. And then you can like get back to that place. But there's there's something that it's like getting you off course. So you, you may be right now in like just ground zero where a bomb already went off and you're just like dealing with all the crap. But it, after you start to get back to what Melody's saying of this feeling of gratitude in the moment, you can start to see those little signs and then you can course correct way before, you know, another huge fight or blow up or whatever. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And like I said, it's like a gym. It takes reps. So you're going to fail a few times and just, oh, I failed. I'm conscious that I failed. So you're bringing consciousness even to the failures. And then I'm going to meet myself in love. I'm going to meet myself in compassion. I'm going to honor my failure because I learned something.
0: I love this. So if you had the chance to write a curriculum for kids or, you know, young adults, oh, are you doing that? I'm doing that right now. Amazing.
1: (laughs) Yes. Bring it on. What you got?
0: Good. That's, I'm so, I didn't know that. That's amazing.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been kind of, my kid has been inspiring me because we have this awesome celebratory relationship around sex and it has kind of, really blossomed into one of my favorite things that we talk about. And that's like him and his relationship and his partner and what they're experiencing together. And I didn't even know where you're going with that, but I'm just like, I'm so passionate. And so in like, I love it. And I'm teaching them how to be them. My children, these primal embodied respectful lovers.
0: Wow. Hmm. Yeah. That's good work. That's okay, good. So, work. Sorry.
1: So hit me with your question. I'm ready.
0: <laughs> amazing. I oh, love this. This is, this is good. You need to like, when that's ready, we need to roll that out. That's, that's amazing. okay. Um, my question was going to be, and you probably have a great answer because it's a genesis of what you're doing, genesis of what you're doing. If you, I was gonna ask if you were gonna write like a curriculum around this for kids, because unfortunately today, the majority of kids are getting their miseducation from, you know, media, social media, porn, as you mentioned, like different things. Like, what would be some of the concepts that you would instill in them? So I guess the the more pointing question now is, like, what are some of the foundations for this course that you're going to be making?
1: Ah, um, well, I, I, first thing that I want to encourage all parents to do is to obviously talk about sex with their kids all the time, more than one time, and starting from forever, starting from when they were born, if you can. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's my, um. First inclination is just to like just keep it open and honest and flowing and ease the minute you make it stressful then it gets stressful the kids pick that up so wow. if you're just teaching your kiddo the proper body parts elbow vulva not a vagina vulva the whole thing is a vulva so from <laughs> from body parts to correct language to the ease and the flow in which you have that conversation um I would say when you're going to start to talk to your kids about sex, check in with your nervous system. Are you okay with it? What is the theme and the mission that you want to teach your kids about sex? Because you are the first teacher. You're their first exposure to it. Um, So that kind of like wasn't answering your question. It was throwing it back onto the parents. But this is what I want all the parents to have consciousness around before they're even talking to their kids. Because if you're going to go into that conversation and your nervous system is jacked, you don't know what you're going to say and you're going to, the kids are going to pick up on that. They're right. going to know about it. Then they're going to know that, oh, this, my nervous system should be messed up when I talk about sex. Yeah. I should be sweating. I should be nervous. I should be, it, it, this should make my solar plexus turn into a knot. We don't want that. We want it to be fun and joyful and light and airy. Um, so just wow. keeping that, keeping that tone helps out when I first started talking to my boys about masturbation, I came to the conversation with Lube. I came to the conversation with the tools that you need to successfully <laughs> not destroy my house with your pleasure practices. <laughs> um, and then for my teens, I, I am teaching them the concept of masturbation versus a pleasure practice. So I I am encouraging them at least once a week to get down and deep and loving with themselves as they they give themselves pleasure. So yes, I I demonstrate with them like taking your hands, touching your whole body with love, touching your whole body with compassion, touching yourself with unconditional love, every single part of you, because here's the secret. You are the only one on the planet that can love you unconditionally. My husband has conditions. My kids have, I hope, if I'm raising my kids right, they'll have conditions. My parents, they have conditions. My siblings yeah. have conditions. My friends do. You are the only one that can love yourself unconditionally. So that's like where I start this conversation with my kids and with pleasure and with giving themselves pleasure. And then it transitions into a how to give the conversation about, Them giving other people pleasure and giving receiving pleasure, then that's a whole other kind of ballpark. So, it's it's your it's your job. You had these babies. I think that's like it's such a thing that parents think it's so icky, and then they don't want to do it, and then it gets ignored and skipped. And that's something that like our generation, I feel like, should be putting a stop to. Uh,
0: Yes. Uh, you, when you mentioned the whole solar plexus going into a knot, I thought about like the traditional birds and the bees conversation where you're like, this is so awkward. I hate this. And I think because that's how most of us were introduced to the conversation. Like I, I can tell you exactly where I was with my mom in a TGI Friday's parking lot when we had like, we had the oral sex conversation. I'm like, to this day, I'm like, it's mortifying but to my, all my cells like cringe when I think about the conversation. It's so bad. And yeah. And to think about you know our teenagers now and and how are they experiencing the world through that and even when you just mentioned like what you tell your kids which was not, nothing inappropriate at all it was more just a self love practice and to take the the sting out of words like masturbation which it does not very sound like in service it's so just like a practice of giving oneself pleasure it doesn't necessarily mean you know uh, at your reproductive organs although I'm sure that becomes a, a point at one point but just in general to like the holisticness to the practice when you mentioned that i immediately felt my solar plexus go like kind of shrink up because there's still stuff in me from when i was a kid that's like oh god this is so like this is so um new and 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 unchartered territory but who to better learn from i certainly would rather my daughter learn from me than somebody on tiktok um mm-hmm. like for sure and, and yeah, and I love what you said about the energy around it. Like the energy you bring to that conversation is going to teach your kids. Are they allowed to feel safe in this place for you? And if we're teaching them that it's not, it's not safe to talk about sex or it's not safe to ask questions, and that's not good either. Um, but I can also see people uh, being like, "This is way too hippie. I don't want my kids knowing when I am having sex. If I start to have these conversations with them, like where are the boundaries?" Um, so like when you meet the like the more conservative kind of um, moralistic conversations. Well, you know, how, how does that, like, how do you help with that? Or like, where, where's the, I guess some of the boundaries that come in for that? I'm sure it depends on each family.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it depends on each family. It depends on their, um, their own personal history. It's, mm-hmm. there's so many, so many, so many layers and meeting, meeting everybody with love and compassion, because usually if they're, if, if there's, if they're freaking out about talking to their kid about sex, it's because they have their own trauma. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not, I, no one's making these choices. I don't think consciously, it's just where our bodies are taking us. So, so you have to have that like, okay, this is the, this is my role. This is what I'm, I signed up to do. So this is part of parenting is, is this, is this conversation.
0: For sure. I, I think what helps, and we'll end it, we'll end like the Egyptian conversation or just like other cultures, right? Like you look at non-modern society, um, you look at ancient Rome, ancient, or just like older societies in general, sex was very much a part of, and, and hetero and homosexual and all practices of pleasure and sexuality were very much practiced, um, in public. And interestingly, like it, it's, I guess uh, what comes to my heart or my mind is like the, Uh, legality of drinking in America or drinking in Europe and at a younger age so it's not necessarily something that it gets kids all riled up it just becomes a part of life and it's something that they manage and they start to understand its place as a tool in their life or you know um, an accoutrement in their life not necessarily something that is abused as much right plant medicines another really good example of something like this but when you look at sexual practices in general and I'll go back to ancient Egypt like it's something that you were taught specifically of because of its benefits like you were saying before um with the kundalini and the full body resonance when you're like i guess i can think of it like when you shine one flashlight on something and then you have eight flashlights shining on the same thing like obviously there's a lot more clarity and intentionality behind what you're now shining the light on same thing in your body when your intentions meet all your energy centers and it's all in the service of one intention it's it's going to come to fruition a lot faster because you're potent, you're you're focusing all your energy on one thing. Um, So let's if you if you want for a minute or two, let's play in that space of like, how they use sexual practices in different cultures and how that's so different than today, what kind of lessons we can like glean from that if we are open hearted to it. Yeah,
1: I think that, like I said, women, especially we need to be able to see what our bodies are actually capable of. So these like, sounds that I make now during sex are nothing like I weighed five years ago during sex I mean like, I am guttural it is like, like you said like cathartic you sometimes there's shaking and there's because yeah. I'm letting my body follow these natural impulses that before I wouldn't let my body do because I was never A shown what they were B given permission and then C like taught like, okay, no, actually you need to do this instead of that. So it's like, there's actually some like coaching where it's like physically now do this with this body part. Now put this in here and now you a physical ABC instructions. So that's, that's like three different things that you, that you kind of need this information. And if you don't know what's yeah. even out there, then you don't even know.
0: Exactly. That's oh, so good. Yeah. Um, thought, yeah, go please. Yeah.
1: I don't, I don't remember. What, I, I had something really good, but I don't remember what it was you ask, what was the original question?
0: Um, it had to do with like like just other cultures and the way that they view sexual practices, how different that is from today, cultures and times. Cultures and
1: times. And then it was, what can we do today, right?
0: Well, I, I guess, like, I, I mean, I don't know how many people are gonna practice onking, but I would sure as hell be <laughs> to try it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up for that class, I would take it. <laughs> right? Um,
1: yeah, okay, so I guess that's my answer. <laughs>
0: Fair that's good. That works. Um, do you, uh, do you know anything about alking? Like in your, in your education? I haven't heard that. Okay. So, um, basically it's like when all through, through orgasm, like when all of your energy centers are in resonance and you have the, the orgasmic experience, any, any gender or any, you know, association, um, that energy flows up it's gonna really awakening. It flows up through the crown of your head. And if you look which I had like a pen, um, actually I do have a pen. It's actually kind of, this is kind of triggering and cool. I have a pen, do I have something to write on? Um, it looks, you've seen it, I guarantee you, because it looks like this. Mm-hmm. For those of you who can't see, it looks like a cross and the top is a, the top is like an open loop.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: So, like no, you can. Mhm. Mm-hmm right So um, that was a terrible drawing. Um, so basically what I, I've learned from ancient Egyptian practices I was reading I got the book is like the, the it was like the practices of Isis right and and again sexual sexuality is a part of this, but it's much more of a spiritual path and walk very 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 synonymous at that point in time in culture to religion, not today where they're like they seem like they're antithesis of each other or or um, opposites in any way um, So basically the practices, during that time, warriorism, when you're having that experience, through intentionality, you can then curve the energy that is going into the open cosmos and have it come back through your heart. And you can hold on to that. And what in ancient Egypt, from my understanding is, which is why sexuality was actually so practiced. This is not just ancient Egypt, uh, ancient Egypt. this is like most of the ancient cultures that now are like um, Neo-Judaism like and Christianity, this kind of is the root of all of that. But the whole premise is you're putting that back into your heart intentionally and that energy is renewing your body. It is renewing your life force. Um, so different than how we practice and look at sexuality today.
1: Mm-hmm. That sounds juicy. I would love to play with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's why I asked if you knew about it because I honestly mm-hmm. like tried to look it up because I read about it in a few books and there's like nothing on mm-hmm. all- um. So it's just very interesting, but I mean, it's it's a thing. Like I've I've done yeah. courses.
1: <laughs> I've done some practices where at the top and you you shoot it out, you the energy goes out, you feel it raining down. Um, you can do uh, circling it so through the top, circling it back in through your root chakra. Oh, um, cool. circling it forward is um, one energy. Circling it backwards is a completely different energy. So it's like the yin and the yang. Um.
0: Yeah
1: but not into the heart space. I'm super intrigued with that. I'm very like to know more about that.
0: Well, hopefully your people know more than mine. (laughs) You'll have to tell
1: me what you learned. Yeah. I'm going to find something about it.
0: Okay. So overarching as we wrap, like Mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the differences you see in people's marriages or relationships? Like that's something we were touching on before.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, it's going from, Oh, it's kind of hard to say because every couple is so different, but every couple is coming in with you can feel the baggage, you can feel mm-hmm. you can feel the heaviness in their partnership. You can feel the lack of joy sometimes. And I work with couples that are also like have a great sex life, but they just think that there's more out there. So they're coming in cool. still full, like still there's no problem. You know, like they can come in and see me without having a problem to fix. Yes. But wow. you just want to expand and liberate and meet each other on this spiritual plane. um then people who come in with a heaviness and they, and you see them witness each other. That is the magic sauce of awesome. doing a couple work together is when you witness each other going through this, you see each other because then you have such a clear understanding of who you've chosen to be with. Wow. Um, so, yes, good. it's so good. It's so good. And then the sex part, when you add in that spirituality, when you add in that cosmic connection, like whew, it takes, it's like your whole body, your whole aura, you can see those couples when they walk in. You know those couples. When you walk in and they're like that's my husband and I we're we're in Costco. We're grabbing each other's butts and like making out in aisle forty seven because it's a long way to the cashiers. I mean it's it's this energy and this flow yeah. and they you can to be play. playful with each other. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: I love that. My parents are like almost in their seventies now. Um yeah. And I remember being a kid and like we were in Europe and like my mom just like, was like sitting on my dad, just kissing him. And I, somebody like, I don't know, I either, I looked at it and I was mortified or somebody else did. And I was kind of like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know. but it's kind of like, now that you're married, you're like, get on it, girl. Good, good for you guys. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yes. So good. Um, that's awesome. Okay. So do you do work with people, Melanie, who are not, um, in the same city as you or?
1: Yes. Yes. I do zoom. Um, Uh, So almost all of my work is over Zoom. I've got some local clients that come into uh, my space, but mostly over Zoom. Um, So I've worked with people all the way in Australia, actually, so on the other side of the world. Um, And that's the beauty of technology right now is the fact that we're so comfortable with Zooming. And then when you are going through this and in some intimate practices where I'm guiding you, I'm guiding you in some pleasure practices with your partner, that is done in the privacy of your own home. So I'm going to get you connected with intimacy. I'm going to get you connected with like these communication exercises where you're going to learn something new about your partner. But the really cool thing about my communication exercises is you get to learn something about yourself, which is so great. And so when you're, when I'm getting you all juicy and excited and warmed up um, for 90 minutes and then I'm just going to get, I just close my little computer (laughs) and I put it right down and I say, now you guys have fun. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you continue on. So it's it's just taking time. And no one else is gonna do that for you. No one else is gonna put that investment into your relationship. It's
0: gotta be you. Yeah, and you wouldn't want yeah. it to be else. You would probably be. Yeah. I think they have a word for that. <laughs> It's so good. Oh, I love the work you do. I love the permission that you give couples to feel that young, happy, healthy, sexual energy of just uh, be in love, like that, that romantic love, the infatuation. Um, like how differently would you come at your goals, your kids' lives, like if you felt like that all the time? Um, and it exudes you, Melanie. You can feel it. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. And I'm, you thrive in your partnership. You thrive in the bedroom. You are going to thrive everywhere else.
0: Yeah, it that's just, amazing. It,
1: it trickles down.
0: Yeah, literally. Like, mm-hmm. th- there's a reason we're animals. There's a reason it was a built into who we are as a reproductive center. But it's, you know, it, there's an energetic release there for sure. There's definitely something, whether spiritual or um, religious or however you want to look at that. Yeah. Um, Unless you're going oppressive religious, then you lost me because that's not my vibe at all. Um, but there's something so godly about our ability to connect with all that is because that is what we are. Okay. So girl, I got to put some links down below here. You got to let me know where people can find you and then I'm going to post everything down below.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, my website is my name. So it is www.melaniebonk.com. M-E-L-A-N-I-E-B-O-N-K. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at bonkbetter. Um, and I'm actually, if you catch up real quickly, I'm not sure how fast this comes out, but I'm in the middle of a seven part series where I am busting seven married sex life myths right now. So come on over to Instagram and check it out. Um, I give Aloe a lot of free content. Free content is king. So I want everybody to have a little magic. If, this, if what I'm sounding sounds good, but you can't make the coaching work you got magic available. They've got practices available. I want you to try things,
0: yes. meet yourself
1: with love and compassion and have so much fun.
0: I love this girl. I love this. You have such good energy. And when I met Melanie, she, um, uh, led a great, a group of entrepreneur women through a, uh, meditation and man, I like fell I fell in love with that energy. I'm like, yep. I need her. Um, she needs to come on the podcast. She's amazing. We all need to learn how to bonk better. So <laughs> So whole body, thank you, baby girl, for being here and just sharing your all and just feeling your authenticity and just like allowing the permission because your permission, permitting yourself has inspired so many others. And as parents, allowing our permission to feel our whole humanness is going to allow our kids to live a life where they feel good in their skin and in their thoughts and in their prayers and like all of the chakras and the things and their you know intentions. So I just love it. I love what you do. Parents, um I cannot wait to hear the feedback on this one. I've been getting so many DMs recently so this is gonna be saucy and I'm into it. Uh but thank you everyone for being here and until the next perfect time you guys uh, stay beautiful and stay inspired. Bye <laughs>